your servant And I am listening Speak to me, Lord, speak to me Speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in the church today? Are you clapping for Jesus? Make some noise. Please be seated. I mean that love song. You see, I've told you that I've been interjecting actually our services with these love songs because they are very important for our lives because most of us we didn't have good examples of how to love your husband, your beloved, your and maybe what to do. And I saw that the, the song was telling us what to do. Pa, sit on the veranda, see the cars passing. Do you see water by or by the waterfall? Do you see? We don't have waterfall here, but at least you should be going to Boti Falls. And uh, is there another fall? There's some falls somewhere. Eh? Bui, Bui Falls. Okay. Eh? Tago. Tago. Afajato Mountain. Tago Falls. Do they have falls at Lakeside? Ah, there's tilapia. But if it's just to go and sit there, you see, and look at water, Ghana girl will say mosquitoes will bite her. And the weather is very cold. And this and that. So we have to sit in the with just within the four walls uh, and just look at each other. Then we are also tired of each other. We start quarreling. You see. So I think that these songs are important. You have to be making notes. You see. You have ravished me with your love and with one of your eyes. Hey. And then let's sit and look at each other. You see, we look at each other and tell each other, I love you, 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 I love you. I mean, when was the last time, Prince, you sat with Antoinette to say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, like I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You say so many times that, you know, at a point, look, Bishop was leading a prayer the other day at the flow prayers, and he said that, look, praising God. You see, you have to be saying, God, I love you. And at a point, you may say, I love you. We will start believing it. Even if initially we didn't believe it. At a point, we start believing it. But when you don't hear it at all, it's like, look, since I told you when we are beloved, do sing that I love you. I have not changed my mind. Oh. What a blessing. God bless our prophet. God bless our father, our teacher teaching us precepts life and song is beautiful so don't think that I'm just what is these love songs in a church look it's very important for us 
and these are love songs written with spiritual words Effort, doctor eh? you sit with madame when was the last time that you sit on a veranda but you see you've built a house with a veranda some of you have upstairs outside your bedroom there's a veranda you have not sat there since you built a house so sometimes we are tempted to say that you don't need a veranda upstairs because you will never sit there. Mosquitoes will bite you. There was something, something. I mean, so let's go and see the moon. It's like, so when we look at it, then what has happened? Hey, what are we supposed to feel when we see the moon? Oh, Ghana boys and Ghana girls. Romantic, not asa. Hey, meanwhile, you, you see it on movies and you like it all. Telenovelas. Everybody in Ghana is behind his TV watching telenovelas because we really like. Somebody wrote a song and said, Love is such a beautiful thing. And it's true. Love is such a beautiful thing. When you see people who are in love, it's very nice. It's very nice. So, those of you who are not in love, you are in love, but you're supposed to be in love, but because the love seems to be finishing, you don't know how to rekindle it. These songs are there and they are all on iTunes. You can download them free of charge. We don't pay anything. I mean, I'm sure you pay iTunes for what you pay already, but it's free of charge. You can get the songs. You can even get them on Telegram. Free of charge on Telegram. With the words, everything. To help you. Because I think that, I mean, as I was listening, I said, hey, feeling was song. I was feeling something. Well, what is that thing, that feeling? It's love, eh? Oh, I was feeling something. I was not surprised Bishop Paso said that we should have a concept. But this song, the feeling it brings, like your wife should be by you. But if she by you, what will you do? You take her home. Okay. I think it's a good idea. Clap for Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful. Those of you who don't know what to do, so anytime you are looking for something nice to do in your relationship or beloved, your marriage, it's like you have to watch pornography or, I mean, you have to go and, I don't know what you have to go and, but it's like you have to read some Mills and Boone or some kind of, I don't know, something that's unreal. But this is real. And this is powerful. We are very blessed to be in such a church. Beautiful. So all marriages, I'm expecting I saw some people bowing their heads It's like, hmm, this is what they, they, they want me to do in their marriage Then the guy has died already Yes God is going to judge you For the way you've been How you've, you treat your man Yes, it's also a song And then brothers Brothers don't, don't Be nice to us Be nice, so nice Yes Yes Spend some money, your village ways are, are worrying you. <laughs> but these songs are so beautiful, so guiding, so helpful and instructional. May your marriage become sweeter and sweeter every day. Those of you who are not married, may you be, may you be taught before you get there, may you be taught and may you have a lot of. Somebody said, Look, what I know, eh? And what I've learned, eh? If I marry, eh? Oh. And unfortunately, those people are not yet married. And the ones who are married, they want to listen to these things so, and do them. Humble yourself so that God can exalt you. 
Amen. Today, we are blessed to have a very powerful man of God preaching to us today. Yes. For this service, and then even in the next service, another man of God will be coming. So, I want to encourage you before even the service ends that you should stay for a double dose because Reverend Jimmy Masharia all the way from Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya will be at the second service also. So at least you hang around so you can also experience a double dose. But this morning we are blessed to have one of our very, 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 very old. Yes. Bishop Eddie Boche. was the pastor of this church before I, be, I was transferred from um, where was I transferred from? Kodesh, without instruments and uh, Bishop Eddie Butcher was the pastor, the resident pastor the senior pastor of the airport branch till I was transferred from um, the Kodesh without instruments to go and be the pastor of the church and he assisted me and on the 5th of August 2012 I arrived in the church to the church was at um, Nyaho uh, Engelbert school behind Nyaho clinic and um, he, he welcomed me gave me a nice chair celebrated me honored me in the church pastored with me I mean he's every man of God's associates pastor, assistant, pastor assistant, pastor, adjutant pastor, adjutant bishop any pastor oh yes and for the so many years I can't even, I don't know the number of years but for six years only six years that you were with me oh really okay for six years that he was with me as my assistant he was a very nice person always at my beck and call I had no reason no any inkling of any ill feeling or bad feeling or that he's not happy about something or that I've come to collect his because he used to be the pastor they used to give him the Galatians 6-6 six, six. those days we have something called Galatians 6-6 six, six. pastor's appreciation day and the church used to give him that one everybody and all the offerings will go to him personally when I came it wasn't long no Galatians 6-6 six, six came and you won't believe it too he directed every offering and I've been pastoring them for just a few weeks like a week a month actually Galatians sisters was okay for two months. One, two, two months. Exactly two months. First week in October, first Sunday. So I came first Sunday in August, and then first Sunday in October was Galatians sisters. And he actually organized the people. I was surprised. I, I was the one who was, it's like I'm the one who, who has to be celebrated. Only two months. And directed all the when I looked at the cash that was coming, I said, Jesus, I've never experienced something such firepower before. <laughs> but 
That's the sort of heart that God has given him. He knew everybody's name, knew everybody's house. I can, when I get a, a call, an emergency call at 3 a.m., then I'll call him that there's an emergency at 3 a.m. So he should go and attend. And he will take off from his house and go and attend to the emergency and I'll go to bed. Oh, yes. It's a good son of the house. A good son of the ministry. So one day Bishop Doug asked me, that's your assistant. Can He can become a bishop. I said, yes, he can. He can become a bishop. Why shouldn't he go to a country and take over the country and become a country bishop? Yes. And I said, yes, it's a good idea. I, I was saying yes, but it was paining me because... I was losing a very an MVP. Do you know what an MVP is? Most valuable player, like a okay, most valuable pastor. When you are in a team and you are very good, especially in the NBA, they have MVPs. MVPs are the most valuable players. I think in the in football is Ballon, is it Ballon d'Or? The one who wins the Ballon d'Or is is, is like the MVP of football. But in basketball, they say MVP. It's like the most valuable player. When he comes, he makes a difference. And it, although I was agreeing, I was very slow. I was, he said, ah, well, you don't want him to go. <laughs> but I knew that if I resist, it will come with a rebuke. So I said, it's a good idea. And a couple of years ago, he was sent to the Gambia to take over the mission in the Gambia. Yes. And Gambia used to be part of where we were Kadesh. They were part of our Kadesh family church, part of us. Then they became we became Macarius. Then they also became part of the Macarius. And then now God has elevated him beyond these our Macarius things. And now he is now a, a convener of a denomination, Poimen Church. Yes, the conveners like he now controls Dakar and the Gambia. Beautiful. And God is using him in the Gambia powerfully. If you go on Facebook, you see his photos, you see his Instagram. When you see the action, you see that there's a lot of action in the place. And today, he came all the way with a team from the Gambia. Forgive thyself, holy conference. Yes. I think a few of them are here. Stand up. Yes. They flew. Flew or drove? Flew. Drove. Yes. They drove for how many days? Four days. Yeah. You are just at Santor here, no? Mamubi. And you, you are finding it difficult, lakeside. You are finding it difficult to go up the mountain. They have come all the way from the Gambia. That is why it is now your entitlement and your birthright to partake of the graces that is upon the prophet of the Lord. The journey you have embarked upon will surely be blessed by God. Clap your hands for them. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And even though he came, he wanted to just come and sit down because this is his church. Every time he comes to Ghana, this is his church. He comes to sit down quietly. So he said he was coming to sit down quietly. I said, ah, it's not possible. Ah, 
Brahma Bresse, my boy, this I jai, my menjim, my home, now so baby, you become take up your assistantship. <laughs> Once as an assistant, always, even if you are a convener, you are still my assistant. Yes, please. Yes, please. We are Pope Christ, still, we are my assistant. Too powerful. And um, I told him that no, the church must hear your voice. The church must hear a few stories from the Gambia and um, see your face properly and hear your voice. So we are so blessed. I am happy to have him here, at least to relieve me for this morning and uh, allow me to take my rest. I was even asking Bishop Asu to preach today, but let's relax and also enjoy our church. You know, sometimes when you are preaching, you don't enjoy the church, but there's tension. Yes, even when I'm sitting, I'm like the temperature. Is it okay? Are people feeling too cold? Is it too warm? I mean, I'm always, I have to be working. I'm working. Even when I'm preaching, I have to be thinking, is the sound good on that side? Can they really hear? It's a lot of tension and pressure. But not dear, to God be the glory. I'll be enjoying my chair for the next few minutes as Bishop Eddie Boche, all the way from the Gambia. Ministers to us, power. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Wow. What do you do when your father says you should preach? What do you say when he says you should preach? I think that this is the first time that I feel very nervous. Too much. But it's a blessing to be here. And I thank God for his grace over my life. God has done many things for me. And one of the greatest things is to place me under the covering of Bishop Dag as a son. I am doing something I didn't envision. But I'm doing something that I find fulfillment and peace in. And I know that it is only God who is behind it. You know, men are not the reason why we serve God. But God is the reason why we serve men. And anytime God favors you, he brings people into your life. And I thank God for bringing Bishop Doug into my life. And for bringing me into his life as well. I also want to thank God for my father, Bishop Eddie. (laughs) I really love him. And he's been a blessing to me. If I start, that would be the preaching. (laughs) And he has been a blessing to me, my wife, my children. His name in our home is an authority. His name in our marriage brings comfort and peace. Our children honor him 
we listen to him with honor. And it has been a blessing and a testimony for us, even as we are in Gambia. I think that I listen to him more than some of you are even here. Because there is something in him that God gave to me. And I've never forgotten that. Thank you for loving me and accepting me as your assistant. When you knew nothing about me, because you chose me. When you were asked to come, I was preparing myself to exit so that you take over the church. So I remember the day you came, we were happy that you had come. But others were also sad that I was going. But I was also happy that I was moving on. But during the service, you said, your pastor is not going anywhere. He's going to stay with me and assist me. And that was a blessing. And it has been a blessing till now. And I thank God that you chose me. And you have taught me, corrected me, rebuked me. I mean, so many things. Made me a fine pastor. Wherever I go, they say, this is Bishop Eddie. Yes, I'm the first one of Bishop Eddie. <laughs> I also want to thank God for the life of our Archbishop. Hmm. When I was a shepherd in the airport church, he was my first overseer. The airport church was under Yasha Diocese. And he was the senior pastor of the Adenta church. And I remember clearly, we used to go for shepherd uh, school. And he was the first person in the church who told me that, Eddie, you have to become a pastor. I laughed inside my jaws because... It was not part of my vision. Even to be a shepherd, I didn't understand it. Because I came to church just to be a, a church member. And so, when my pastor said, I'm training you to be a shepherd, it was a bit heavy. But I flowed. And then I find a senior pastor who says that you can become a pastor. And I thank God that he saw something I didn't see. And actually, the training to become a pastor started under him. And I thank God for your life for your love all these years it's a blessing to be here yes I don't know what to say but I have to say something <laughs> yes I want to share something from the word of God and when you take bishop's books there are always scriptures that lead us to understand God's purposes and plans for our lives. And I find comfort in his books because my life is a testimony of the grace that is upon his life. And everything that he has been through and God has used him to do, he's put it in books. So when you find it offensive to read and to flow with the wisdom that are in the books, there is something fundamentally wrong with your understanding. Yeah. You see, when we, when we want to eat food, we don't, we don't go to the markets to eat. We go to restaurants. Because there are some people, when they have tomatoes and onions, what they can do, you see, it's enough for you to not even know that there is tomato or onion in this thing. Some people have scriptures and what they use the scriptures for 
give life. And my life is a testimony of somebody who has submitted himself to God. And God has used to bless generations and different kinds of people. And if such a person has written books, it is also a blessing for me and a testimony for my life. In Gambia, what we are doing is what he would have done if he was there. And we have seen how people have changed, how lives have been transformed, how people have come to love God, how a godless country and a deeply religious place where there is no God. Being religious doesn't mean you love God. You know, they are embedded in traditions, all kinds of things. But you can see a generation that is rising up to believe, to serve, and to take a stand for the sake of the kingdom. And it is because of the great anointing that God has put in the life of our founder and our bishop. And we shouldn't take him for granted. Yeah, we shouldn't take him for granted. So I just want to share something briefly, and I believe that it will be a blessing. Be thou faithful unto death. Yes. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Revelation 2.10. The scripture says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, this scripture is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us. And he is instructing us not to fear those things that we will suffer. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, the scripture says that for consider him who suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself. What he went through, none of us experienced it. What he suffered at the hands of the people he created, none of us suffered it. And he overcame it and gave us testimonies and committed to us a work and a life that leads us into eternity where he dwells and where God is. And on that basis, he stands the grounds and the authority to also admonish us that we shouldn't fear those things that we will suffer. Anytime you opt to serve God or to take your life and follow God, there are things that will confront you. There are people who may rise up against you who would naturally not have risen up against you if you had opted for other things or other choices in life. But because you accepted the gospel and opted to serve God, the enemy himself rises, Satan. And that's what Jesus said in Revelation 2.10. He said, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. So the enemy himself rises up against us because we have committed ourselves to believe and to serve. That is 
fact, when you look at our fathers, you look at Bishop Dad, you look at the people who have stood up, the things they go through, many of us, if we even suffer a quarter of it, we will actually walk out. And that's how come you see people who are in the church, who walk out of the church based on little and flimsy issues. Some of the things that our fathers go through, if we have to suffer it, many of us will fall away. I remember when we were watching Good Friday last year. Was it last year? Yeah. We were standing in the presence of God. Some of us were watching life, experiencing the anointing, the power, the preaching, the presence. And as the servant of God was standing there, availing himself to all of us and to God, and ministering in power, healings, miracles, testimonies were coming. He was in affliction. He had suffered something grievous that if it, were, if it had happened to anybody, the first thing is that you wouldn't even go to the grounds for service. Yeah. But he stood there as if there was nothing wrong. But there was something that was with him. The power, the presence, the authority, the faith. Something great has been committed to him. And he has never wavered in the faith. And you can see that even in spite of all those things, he's still pressing on for other people's salvation. And that is the testimony of God's word to all of us. Anytime, anytime you, you, you take yourself to come before God to do something, be prepared for things that you will suffer. But unfortunately, it is not one of the things that we prepare for. We prepare for glory. We prepare for the breakthroughs. We prepare for the testimonies. And sometimes when they fail or they delay... It agitates us and it sends us on a journey that causes us to walk away from the very calling and the very instructions that will preserve us to eternity. Because this calling is not for a short time. It is for eternity. What God has given us is not marriages. It's not children. It's not money. It's not cars. It's not fame of the world. It is the work of the ministry. Something that follows us even when it is over here. Because all the things that we acquire, all the things that are, are, to, are to our names, whilst we are here, they are, to, they are for us. But immediately that life comes to an end. Those things mean nothing. And what we go with are the works. The works. But before you come to that place, there is a trial period. There is a period of suffering. A period of endurance. You have to have a mind. You know, sometimes when you are in school and you are studying and you don't even understand the subject, the fact that you know that you need the certificate and you need to finish the school and you need to move on after that with the degree, you will do whatever it takes to pass the exam. Even in tiredness, even in sickness, you will endure this body. You will submit this body and subject it to go through whatever it takes to be able for you to understand something that you don't even need. But when it comes to the ministry, we don't see that picture. We don't have that spirit. We have people who are an example to us. 
And if you say you believe in God, I will tell you that the evidence of your faith is that God places people who have endured things that you can't endure, who have handled things that you can't handle, who have understood things that you can't understand, and who have committed to you something that God has also committed to them. But it's so big that they find you faithful and draw you to be part of that calling. And that is the that is the person of the founder because what he is doing and the opportunity he has given to all of us it is the magnitude of what God has given to him. I have a life that gives me peace and I am happy. And I don't think that if I were to be here moving around selling fuel uh, calculating diesel in the morning, shortages, petrol in the morning, can- counting who has stolen my biscuit, who has stolen my uh, 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 Fanta, who has stolen my money. I don't think that those things would have given me the peace that I enjoy now. Yeah. Yeah. But I find comfort in knowing that a soul, a life that our Lord God came to die for has been committed to me. A word that means that when I speak to somebody about the kingdom and I witness to somebody about the gospel, that life will be turned from hell into the kingdom of light. Yeah. It is far weightier a life and worth living than anything that one has. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean to be faithful unto death? The points are plenty. I just want to give one point and then we will I will invite Bishop Eddie to come in. I want to still listen to him. I can't come here. I was telling my people that we are coming to enjoy Bishop Eddie's preaching. You have been watching him online. I mean, you have come to enjoy his church. Then I come here and I'm preaching. I'm in a hurry to let him still say something. (laughs) All right. Wonderful. What does it mean to be faithful unto death? I'm taking just one point to illustrate something that is a testimony of my life. It says, be faithful unto death. And it means maintain your qualification for ministry until death. That's my point this morning. What it means to be faithful unto death for me is to maintain my qualification for ministry until death what qualified me to stand here what qualified you to sit here what qualified all of us to be brought into this great kingdom What did God see in us? 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 Sorry, yeah Yeah 
Just a second. So, First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. It says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Everybody here will give account of their lives. And we are all privy to the fact that as we move in and out, and we do things. There are people who are also watching us. And by their watchingness, they also give account of our lives. They bear witness of who we are and what we are. And the scripture says that let a man, not God, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. Now, a minister is not only the pastor who is standing here, a servant of Christ, and all of us are servants. When you read Revelation 2.10 And it says be thou faithful unto death I don't believe that The scripture is directed only at pastors It is directed at Christians Because the, the, the issues of life Confront you Regardless of what title you bear When we are called bishops Reverends, pastors, whatever It is just a certain favor Into the calling And a certain ranking that gives us a certain guide and understanding that there is something committed to us which is different from what the ordinary man has. But the issues that confront a pastor is the same that confronts the member. So when we are told to become faithful even unto death, it is not only to a pastor, it is not only to Bishop that it is to all of us. Because there are things that are directed at us to cause us to fall and to lose the calling and to do something that is out of the will of God. So, it says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, how can it be that you are told to allow people or to accept people to see that as you are moving around there is something about you that represents God because walking with God is, is a mystery you cannot understand I, I was asking myself when Bishop was preaching when the, uh, uh, a prophet was uh, 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 at the Good Friday said, hey, I mean how can you be so calm going about things what was going through your head how will you see people receiving miracles and then you have a pain people are sharing testimonies happy but there is there is there is a pain that you can't explain to anybody there is something that you, you, you can't understand. This God that you are speaking to about uh, to people about, this power that you are ministering to people, this life, this hope that you are giving to people, as you are standing there, I'm sure you are asking yourself questions. But you see, we give account of him as somebody who is worthy of the calling because regardless of what he was going through, he stood for somebody's healing for somebody's salvation for somebody's miracle that's a testimony of a servant of God 
even as normal parents, sometimes our children don't know the sacrifices that we make for them. I got to understand and love my father more when I married. And I, the, the things that I didn't understand and the issues I had with him just went away because I realized that he had done things that I didn't even understand. And I remember in those times when, when you are being corrected or you are being restrained, you are always resisting. You, you seem to have an opinion. You seem to know better. You seem to understand life. But the person who is there, who is leading and guiding you, he has experiences and he bears in himself things that you can't even understand. I had the opportunity once to, or several times, to sit with him and he would tell me things, what he went through. Because I remember what he also went through, but I didn't understand the depth of it. He was in the military when Rollins did the coup in 1979. And he suffered. We went through issues, but at that time we were very young. Seven years, eight years. You don't understand a lot of things. But he made sure that we're always in school. School fees were paid. You always have food to eat. You have things to wear. But he was going through things that he couldn't explain to his children. But he was there, feeding, shepherding, leading us. And then when this same person corrects you, then, you know, you have issues. You are talking. Because you don't understand it. If, if our fathers behave like us, first of all, some of us in our homes, we won't eat. Yeah. But you see that regardless of what they go through, they stand and offer their lives so that you'll have something they didn't have. Or you have something that will give you a covering, a shield against things that you don't even understand. We have been shielded from attacks from many things because a father has stood to receive the shame and all the attacks on behalf of the children to preserve them for their future. What? You see, when you see people attacking and saying things and you don't hear any comment and response from the father, know that he is doing it for our sake. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. Everybody here is a servant. What account do people have of you? It's not only the pastor. Many of you, because we are pastors, we stand, we go and come. It is almost as if we are always the object of attack. And you seem to know us more than ourselves. You seem to understand our lives more than we understand ourselves. So you direct things at us without the experience and the understanding. Verse 2. This one we all know. It says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Everybody here is a steward. It's not only Bishop Eddie who is the steward of this church. All of you who are singing, all of you who are dancing, all of you who are sitting in the congregation, you are stewards of this ministry. Everybody has a place in the work. And for that 
reason we should have a certain mind that is exalted above the ordinary and mediocrity because many times we feel that it is somebody's responsibility when it comes to the work to have a certain influence and a certain effect as far as that we are just there no all of us have been called into leadership nobody i look at bishop and i realize that the, the, the extension of, 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 the, of, of even it's like allowing some of us to come closer and to be sent to places to, to do the work when he's not there. It's a sign of a certain trust that he has in us because he cannot do it all and he has to rely on us. So if I expect him to be faithful, I expect myself also to be faithful. And if there is any measure that I have of him, it should be the same measure that I have of myself. Because that is the only mind that causes me to be proactive, to do things and to act in a certain way so that the work is done the way God wants it to be done. Sometimes when you are in a blessing, you don't see it. It is only when you lose it that you may realize that you have lost something. Many of us are in a beautiful church. In a beautiful family. And God has blessed us in UD. You see, when, you, when, when, when I went to Gambia, I understood and I, I, I saw things that I don't think that my years or my life here would have exposed me to. How blessed I was. Even the way I think and do things very different and it's because of a certain relationship and exposure to somebody who has been faithful to what has been committed to him and we have loved and admired it and you see that when you interact with people who call themselves Christians you see the Christianity in some places is not Christianity it's almost like voodoo worship or juju yeah because there are, there are Christians whose commitment to their church is ceremonial and cultural. There is no, nothing like God's word guiding their lives. They are only committed to the church because they can be baptized. They are committed to the church because they can be christened. They are committed to the church because their weddings can take place. And their burials can take place. That is all. There is nothing they give back to the church. There is nothing like commitment. You don't see them. They are not consistent. The word of God has no place in their life. You can't lead them. If you say you are a shepherd, you can't call them your flock because they are not sheep. But you see, they stand in the name of Christianity. They stand in the name of the gospel. But what they have is not I mean, very far. The thinking, the mindset. And then you see that some of us, when we go to such a place, we feel that God has blessed us. And we shouldn't take it for granted. And walk in pride and look down upon the others. But rather, teach them. Help them. Bring them up. That's a testimony. Without faithfulness, 
we will change even before we are asked to do things. And that's how come many times you see people who have been in the church and they seem to know a lot about the church and the leadership. But they are still non-functional. And when it comes to supporting, you won't get them. But when it comes to criticizing, they are there. The kingdom of God is built by our love, our support, our faith. Never by our criticism. No. Great things are built through love. And that's what we have been, that's what has been committed to us. I look at every experience as a blessing. And I realize that if I had not gone to Gambia, maybe I don't know what would have happened to me. I would have come to a point where maybe I would have plateaued and there's nothing to challenge me again. There's no motivation. Because when you are around for a long time, there are two things that can happen to you. Sometimes when you achieve your life goals as the years go by. Or some of you have been here for a long time. You've been in the church 20 years, 30 years, 15 years. And by this cycle, things have happened. You may have married, you may have children, you may be doing well financially. I mean, your life goal seems to be achieved and attained. And then what happens is that at that point, you don't feel challenged and committed. And the work of God rather now becomes a burden and a hindrance. And so your faithfulness is called into question. So what brought you in and preserved you and raised you to become what you are now becomes an albatross. It becomes something that you are fighting. So you are not reliable. You are not constant. You cannot be trusted. You cannot be around. You cannot be dependent on when it comes to the work of God that's why you see that many who have been here for the years that are gone by are not around not because you know somebody has driven them out but because of a mindset that they have that is like no we have achieved what we want we don't want to be stretched again yeah yeah we don't want to be stretched again there's also another side Sometimes you can be around and your life doesn't improve and doesn't change. And you see others going, going. So you come to a place where you even wonder and doubt whether the things that are being said are real. The things that are being preached, the prophecies and the instructions, whether they even have an effect. So you can also be around for a long time, but you don't believe in anything. But you, all you want is, you, you call yourself a Christian because that's how we've been brought up. As for church, you must go. So if you are not here, you don't, you're not happy here, go somewhere. It's all about not being happy here and going somewhere. When you go somewhere, your inactivity will follow you. Your lethargy will follow you. That mindset that took you out, it is still going with you. And you will find yourself in a place where you become very dormant, very redundant, very I mean, unuseful, even though you have been called into faith to be active. Show me your friends who have left here, who are active anywhere, who are doing outreaches, who are visiting people, who are caring for people, who are praying for people, 
who are doing the work of the God of, of the ministry. Show me, call their names, ask them what they are doing to do with their lives. You realize that a spirit that came upon them that took them out is following them wherever they are. So they are comfortable in an environment where they are not called to be faithful, they are called to belong. And that is exactly what waters down our faith. Because see, there is a generation of people who call themselves Christians and they will fight and defend their church. When we go and do outreaches and we win souls, you will see young people who are drug addicts, who, who hang out in the night, who drink, who smoke weed, who do all kinds of things. And when you bring them into the kingdom, their parents will rise up and say, my son or my daughter is... A Catholic. They can't go to your church. And they are Christians. And when you speak to them, they don't know anything about scriptures. They don't know the word of God. They don't have Bible. I've visited somebody who says, I don't want my child to go to church. Madam, say, you born again churches. Born again churches. That's how they call us. Okay, we are born again churches. What, do you know what it means to be born again? I took a Bible. I said, first of all, I said, do you have a, I want to show you something that's in the Bible. She didn't have a Bible. A Christian who was about 72 years doesn't have a Bible. And so does, does not read the Bible. And so the word born again is like some alien culture or teaching from somebody who wants to indoctrinate their children and take their children away from being Christians. But no, we are giving you a life that is far above just belonging to a family, but being a servant of God, saved by the blood. Preach it. They don't like it. And those of us who are here, we should be careful because we are also a generation that have called ourselves Christians. And we are finding fault with the church. We are finding fault with our leaders. And so we are calling to question the very calling. And our children are rising up. They are looking at us. Our lethargy, our attitude is exactly what they will follow. When I was growing up, my father was a Presbyterian. And their church, they always fight their pastors. So in the house, we, we knew stories. <laughs> so it makes us as young people not respect I remember one time my father reported me to the pastor and he called me for counseling I mean when he counseled me they need to counsel him and I didn't change yeah because see that reverence is not there they sit they criticize they pass comments but that we are children we are hearing it Things that they have heard, some of them may not be true, but it's, it's going around in the same church. And we are growing and we are polluted. So what we call Christianity is not Christianity. So we belong, but we are not part. We, we, we don't do anything. The only thing is just go give offering and you think that you have satisfied uh, Christ. You have done something with your life. It is an empty way of relating with a life-giving ministry. If, if, if you come to this part, I, I see how blessed we are. You see, there is no church in Gambia like this. No church. There is no church in the whole country that sits thousand people on a Sunday. The whole country. Not one. Ask them. 
We are 90% or more Muslim and Catholics. When you meet somebody who is a Catholic and you ask the person, are you a Christian? They say, no, I'm Catholic. Yeah. That's who they are. And it's a godless, you see, they mix what they call Christianity with marabou. It's common. It's a culture. And they are not different from other religions. Yes. The only thing is that they call themselves Christians. But in terms of the things that they hold dear to their lives, it is one. So they are all in the evil. You see children who have things around their waist. We have removed things more. Bench them. We are here. We are blessed. But you will not know. And as you are sitting there, you are criticizing, you are finding fault. You are still what? Where is your faithfulness? Where is the testimony of your faithfulness? Satan's agenda is for us to become unfaithful. And the testimony and the witness of Christ, he says, be faithful unto death. You have not yet met death. And your faithfulness is being called into question right now. No, 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 no. No. Some of the things that we have seen, it humbles us to see that where we come from, we are blessed as a country. Even if we, if we have nothing, we have something somebody doesn't have. Yeah. We have something that somebody doesn't have. There's poverty. There's ignorance. There is a stronghold. There is bondage. There's pride in the midst of nothing. So there's, it's like you can't teach people. You can't talk. Even people call themselves pastors and, 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 and say they believe you, they, we can't be one. We are told that we should we 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 don't we are not supposed to witness to people and convert people. If you meet a Muslim, don't convert the Muslim. But they convert our people. Oh, they convert our people. Yeah. And there's a council of Christians who say that we who are called born again churches, we like converting people and 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 and, and witnessing to people and and them to come to Christ, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. And these are Christian leaders. Yeah. And they criticize everything about pastors. How would their children believe? That's when you witness them, they don't believe you. They have more reverence for the Marabu people than even pastors. Yeah. You see, sometimes evil, eh, it, it varies in different territories. So that when you see something creeping up, sometimes you may not know the long-term effect. But you see that, look at the great work that God is doing in our generation, in the life. You see a, a founder who does a, a conference in Africa and has people coming from different continents. I'm telling you, go to any other conference, you won't see such things. The only thing you see, you will see a few people who have been invited to come and minister. But you, for people to just travel, I went with my shepherds. 
Next year, by the grace of God, we will come more. We wanted to come more than this. Yeah. Yeah. You see, because there is something, there is that there is an effect on our lives. There are people in my church when I went when I went to Gambia. I mean, they are here. I mean, I said, look, we are very poor here. But you see, I said, if God has called me, the testimony of the calling is that these people, their lives will change. Some of these pastors who are here with me, they have cars now, they have land, they are married. All of them were not married. When I went, all of them were not married. All the pastors. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, I chose for them. I chose for them. I went to fish. Said, marry this one. And it is working. Yeah. You can see a stability. And you see, when people see, hey, is that you? Is that your car? Is that your church? At least when all of them have powerful congregations in a land where people who have been pastors for 22 years have seven people in a church. Yeah. Yeah. There is power. You see, there is something. What we have is unique. But you may not know it from where you are. So you despise it and you join your heart and your hands with people who are unfaithful and disobedient. And they become your guide and your example. And you water down the power. Meanwhile, as you are doing it, the man is still rising. Look at the anointing. You see, look at the levels of anointing now. It's like as you are laughing at him and making fun, God is telling you that you don't know. You see, one day I said something to myself. When you don't have a hand in somebody's calling and what he has achieved, you can never have authority to bring him down. Yeah. You can't. It's, it's, a, it's a default mindset to have that why are we all, look at me, why am I in the ministry? It's, I don't know what they saw in me. It's not a gift. I don't like talking. My senior is here. Yeah. When somebody tells me I'm faithful, it, it, it strikes a chord because I remember many years ago when I joined the church, my only prayer, Lord, help me to be faithful. Because I have grown up in a Christian home and in a Christian family where we go to church every Sunday. But I knew that it, there was a time I knew and I heard God telling me, if you don't change, you will die. And I was afraid. It was the reason why I started changing and, and coming towards God. And I found the church and God blessed me. Somebody invited me to Lighthouse, Kolegono. I went and that was there. And I stayed in this church from day one. I used to pray, Lord, help me. I didn't even know what I was asking for, just to be faithful. And I realized that being faithful meant that you will also be, things will be committed into your hands. I remember I, I became an usher. I became a chorister. I'm characteristically a, a chorister. I became a, 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 a shepherd. Uh, uh, yeah. It's like anytime I'm asked to do something, like, I can't, how can I be in a choir? Me, I don't know. I used to even at a point I was a choir director. I don't know keys, I don't know song, I don't know. I'm not good at those things. I will conduct the choir. One day I was conducting the choir, my watch removed. Say yes, it's an anointing. 
get any gift by just being there. Just being there. It's what has helped me. And when I look back, I will never lift my voice and I pray in humility not to take for granted that favor. Because where I am, a country where people can be there and call themselves pastors, 22 years, 50 members. He doesn't have land. And he's about to leave the ministry because he's depressed. And I asked him, so your church, do, do people pay tithe? He said, I have seven people who pay tithe. They are not even consistent. 22 years of ministry. We have, we have been there for five years by the grace of God. We, we have, every branch has land. By the grace of God. Yeah. Some of them have churches. There are people who are even using their money and their resources to build the church from ground zero to finish. Yes. And people have been there for years. They don't have it. It is God. And there is something. And I won't take it for granted. Sometimes when you don't know what is important, you always flow and follow very mundane things. Everybody knows how to criticize and find fault. But so everybody knows how to build. They used to have some pastors meeting. I, I just decided, these things, when you go, it depresses you. Because they talk about the problems without solutions. And they, they will let you feel that as you are doing the ministry, something bad is going to happen. And they are going to do a law. And they are going to do this. And they are going to do this. And this, 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 this. Let's get there and just do what we have been asked to do. Go out, reach out to people, witness to people, uh, uh, bring them to church, teach them, establish them, encourage them to be faithful, encourage them to be committed. There is the spirit of commitment is not found at all in the body of Christ in where I'm coming from. People can decide to be moving from one church to the other their whole life. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I've gone here. I've gone. Sometimes you are there, somebody will come. Oh, I was blessed by your ministry. I was blessed by this church. Okay, alright. So, you are here for the first time. I want to see you again. Oh, I'm just visiting. I've been to many churches, you know. I mean, I'm sampling and, you know. And it, yeah. And they find it, I mean, something common. They, they, they don't, they are not committed. You don't see it. You don't see it. And we have a spirit and a foundation that commits us to be together as a family not moving from one place to the other it's it's something that we should hold dear it's beautiful i will go after five years and come i'm still a son as he's saying whatever name i'm called i'm still a son he's he's my father i respect him he has every right to correct me because there are many things i can learn and i still learn from him the fact that maybe you've grown and you have more resources or you have more opportunities or you are more exposed than your biological father doesn't mean you know better and you have to look down upon him. And none of us who come under the, the calling and, 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 and the ministry of our, of our founder has achieved anything close to what he has. He cannot be our equal. He cannot. He holds dear the calling. And we are blessed to be part. You see, all of us, he loves us. 
I tell my members, send a message to him. Some of them will send a message. Okay. Oh, he responded. He's happy. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. It's like, that's the father's heart. He can't be all over. But at least, let him feel the love. If you say you are a son or you are a daughter, learn to honor. There's something that has qualified all of us here. Those of us who are seven, if you are singing, many of us, where is Farouk? Is he around? Yeah. I remember him. Look at his beautiful wife. Yeah. When he came, what did he have? Nothing. Always hungry. Always hungry. When you give him food, then he's cool. He can be dead. He's playing the drums. He makes a mistake. He's corrected. He gets angry. Then he stops. Then we are looking at him in the church. Play, play. Then he has bowed down his head. Behind the drums. I won't play again. But he won't get up too. And he's sitting down. (laughs) Yes. Today he's a master drummer. It's a blessing. You see, God perfects us. If we remain faithful, how we will be tomorrow, you have no idea. And you see, the enemy's plan is that you will not stay till the end. But fight and stay till the end. This is a beautiful church. This is a beautiful family. This is a good father for you. Don't let somebody misrepresent him. Don't let somebody's foolishness feed you into disrespecting him and the authority he carries. Yeah. Yeah. God made us beautiful because of the fathers he gave us. No matter what you achieve, you still resemble your father. You still look like your father. You have traits of your father's spirit in you. And you can't wash it away. And when you stand before God and you disrespect and dishonor this grace, you see that one day you are answering for things that you can't handle. Let a man so account of us. There are many things that happen to us we don't understand. But you see, let's remain constant. When somebody can lose a son and minister, I don't know what you have lost. Somebody has not visited you, so you are angry. What is visitation? Somebody didn't come for your wedding, so you are angry. Somebody didn't come for your burial, uh, so your, 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 uh, your uh, father's funeral, so you are upset. No, 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 no. There is something far above our weaknesses and our suffering. For consider him who suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself. Let's ye be worried and faint. We are fighting till the end. We are obeying this call even unto death. Let a man so account of us. Yes. Let your testimony be somebody who has endured all things, who has overcome all things, who remains faithful in spite of all that is going on. Be constant because it is God who has begun this journey. And when he perfects it, one day we will come before him. He said, and I will give you a crown of life. The winner takes it all. I said, the winner takes it all. You will have your crown. It is God who is faithful above all. And if we will only learn to be a little like him, what a journey. May God bless us and favor us. Stand to your feet, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Lift your voice and thank him. Ask him to help you. Pray that he will touch you. That if there is anything that has qualified us to be here, Paul said, I was injurious. I was, I was, I was a murderer. He gave his credentials as somebody who didn't qualify, but God found him faithful. Sometimes it is that spirit. God sees something that we don't even understand. He sees something that we don't even know. He sees a value that is above, and that's the value that the enemy wants to take. Jesus told Peter, He said, Satan has tried to sit you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith fail not, that you remain faithful until the end. Because if you lose it, you've lost it all. If you check out, you've lost it all. Keep that spirit. Keep that strength. Be bold. Resist it. Don't let your heart be taken away. Be faithful. And to death, your qualification is faithfulness. No gifts. There's nobody who sings who is more important. There's nobody who plays drums. There's nobody who can stand here and call himself the best gift to the body of Christ. Except the unspeakable gift, which is Jesus. And he has called us because he has found us faithful. And I want to remain faithful. Because inherent in all of us is a trait of unfaithfulness. And if you can now qualify yourself over the years as a faithful servant, an obedient servant, what a testimony you will have at the end of it all. May God help us. May God keep us and preserve our lives to fight your workplace, wherever you are. That spirit of faithfulness must be a qualification. It must be a trait. It must be a character that you have embedded in you over the years. That's where your favor comes from. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you glory. Help us. And touch our lives. Strengthen us, oh God. Renew our joy. Our peace. Our strength. Our perseverance. Our ability to endure all things. To fight. To overcome. To keep moving. Not to fall away. Yes. Preserve our lives, yes. Lord. Stabilize us, oh God. Yes. Help us, oh God. Yes. Renew that joy Re- in our hearts. That commitment, Lord. Re- we thank you. Jesus, be glorified in your temple and in our hearts today. We thank you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Every eye closed, everyone standing, nobody moves. You are here this morning, maybe somebody invited you. Or you came on your own. And in your heart you know that you are far from being faithful and being committed. You are not even trust, trusting enough of God to give your life to him and to surrender it all to him. But today, God is speaking to you and drawing you closer and you feel compelled to lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give myself to the Lord. If you are like that, somebody invited you or you came on your own, 
that's what God has said to you and done for you this morning and you want us to pray with you lift up your right hand wherever you are lift up your right hand yes I can see some hands up if your hand is up lift it up don't put it down lift it up now if you have lifted up your hand quickly I want you to move from where you are and come forward come please come come running come running of you here please lift up your hands and i'm sure you can all hear me close your eyes i'm going to pray with you and i want you to repeat the prayer after me it is your prayer but i'm just leading you and i want the congregation to also join us say heavenly father i thank you for today i believe in my heart that you sent your son jesus christ to come and love me and die for me and shed his blood to wash my sins I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and I receive forgiveness of all my sins through the blood that he shed for me from today I belong to you my sins are forgiven I am your child you are mine and I am yours Heavenly Father, please write my name in the book of life and help me to be faithful until the end. Thank you, Father, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Bacarius Church headquarters East Legon Hills Accra stay blessed I am waiting